0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast
2: with Dan Wetzel. Let's go through on a scale of 1 to 10 the most miserable people in, in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Right?
3: Pete Thamel. So I really think that Shaven is going to fire the analyst in charge of hiring analysts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And S.I.'s Pat Forty. That's a tough job. A very tough job. Billy Joe from Bessemer, best wishes to you. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All
2: right, welcome to the pod. It is a good thing we are taping this on Thursday morning on the East Coast. And Pat's very early out. He's out West. And Sully is, too. Two in California right now. Because... Had we taped yesterday, we would have missed, oh, just a little item. Just a little news item. <laughs> Nick Saban has COVID. He has reported yesterday we were all on the Nick Saban Zoom where he seemed very energetic, and he reported he is asymptomatic, and he's got no no problems, and he feels great. So we'll feel free to crack a couple jokes. This is a man who turned 69 this month. But do you get Fauci Cup bonus points <laughs> if your head That's... coach gets it?
1: Nothing just a head coach, the head coach in college football, yeah. Six national champions that's six times the points, right? There, Randy S.L. has a
3: bonus for COVID in his contract, he would get two thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> extra,
1: not just the two thousand.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I think that that might work. No, uh, obviously, the big news is this is the week that COVID came for the SEC, the SEC. Waited until September 26th. Watched Big 12 have all sorts of different issues, different things happening. Uh this week it got real. Obviously, you have Saban as now the poster child of this. He has the uh virus. He will well, we'll see what he's gonna do. We'll talk about that. But the big game of the year is Georgia at Alabama, number three, Georgia at number two, Alabama, Saturday night, 8 p.m. You know this. We do not know whether there will be positives among the alabama players there'll be additional testing hopefully this stuck with nick saban and 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 and, uh athletic director greg byrne and didn't go further but at this point we're going to talk like alabama georgia is on we got no idea really got no idea on any of these games we have Mm -hmm. games in this on the race for the case (laughs) that did not happen that's right we also know that uh missouri and vanderbilt was canceled or postponed Previously, I had no idea those two teams were playing and didn't care, but they got more hype for this game by having it postponed
1: than if they had actually played the game. Hey, we once talked about Central Arkansas UAB on the pod. Know. You know I mean? No. We'll take
2: um, no, Missouri coming off their big win. Uh, that has been postponed due to COVID. LSU at Florida. Florida uh, does not have enough scholarship athletes. 19 Gators, at least, according to the student newspaper there tested positive that game has been moved to December 12th if it's a big enough outbreak you don't know whether they're going to be able to play Missouri the following week and there's nowhere to move that game now uh this this thing crunches it's a Jenga Tower every one of these schedules how many can you pull out and keep this thing this of course came days after Dan Mullen somewhat regrettable quote where he was he was encouraging 90,000 to pack the swamp Saturday. It's like more there's than no game Saturday. Now there's no game. Tremendous quote by Scott Strickland, Mullen's boss, the AD at Florida. Coaches sometimes say things that are outside of their area of expertise, and they're really good at what they do. Dan is really good at calling ball plays, end quote. <laughs> Excellent quote.
1: <laughs> A passive. Passive yes. aggressive there like uh, that. Diplomatic insertion of the scalpel in his coach. <laughs> That's a good way to put it.
2: It's kind of uh uh Steve Spurrier almost in there. Yes. They're just you
1: know Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: You can't spell with citrus plays, without U T, like stick with yeah. your ball plays. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a,
2: yeah. It was pretty pretty solid there. So we got that. Uh that game is out. So who the heck knows? But uh Pat, your thoughts on the state of The SEC right now, college football, as we continue to go through this and clearly we are not, we'll see, maybe Alabama was able to contain this by doing daily testing, but clearly we are not at a spot where, you know, things are running smoothly. I never thought they would. I think the analogy I've been using all year is it's like driving through a snowstorm. Maybe, maybe it gets better for a second, but a squall can come at any moment. A truck can jackknife we don't know but here we are shaky ground right now in trying to go forward
1: playing in a pandemic what do you think yeah this is what this is what we signed up for basically this is what people wanted was to play football during a pandemic and it's going to be a mess it has been messy it's going to continue to be messy uh up until the last 10 15 days whatever the case is uh, the one places the two the two places that hadn't been disrupted were the two highest levels of the game, the NFL and the SEC. And now both of them have been hit. In the NFL, we've had games moved around, postponed. Uh, There's been problems with the Titans, problems with the Patriots. We had now news that uh, the Falcons have their facility shut down. Uh, And then the SEC, which I think was smart to wait until September 26th to play to let the campus uh, influx pass subside to a degree but that doesn't mean that everything's gone and it doesn't mean you're out of the woods and clearly now we're seeing the issues and whether it's to do with traveling to games or not we are now having impacts there and they don't as you said there's one there's a one week of cushion in the sec and after that then you're going to start losing games and this may get too far into the Actual football weeds here, but the, these are their implications. Uh, if you're the college football playoff selection committee and say Georgia beats Alabama and Nick Saban doesn't coach, you have to decide well, because Saban didn't coach, does that mean Alabama should get more credit for losing than they normally would? Does it mean that Georgia gets less credit for winning? The impacts that are part of the equation now. And secondly, that you're going to have different numbers of games, most likely. If like if Florida Missouri doesn't happen, which it probably won't the next week, Florida's trying to win the SEC East, but you're going to play a, a, one fewer game than most of the other teams if they get all their games played. So this is what people wanted. Football. we we have football. I guess my question is because I've I've gotten this on Twitter. Has this is it a success? Is, is the season successful at this point? We've had basically 13 percent, I think, of the games postponed or canceled. What's the threshold? I mean, maybe we don't know. We don't decide that till the end of the year. But what's considered successful as far as p- pulling off the season? It's, that's a season? If
2: I can't watch Vandy, Missouri, it's not successful. It's just not. <laughs>
3: no. Go ahead, Pete. It's a great existential question uh, as as this as this goes, and I think like the turning point. With the administrators, like why we're having a season right now and the the turning point with presidents and administrators was in June or July or whenever it was when the Miami Marlins were a mess and they were the laughingstock of sports and MLB was supposed to shut down. Everyone said, well, college football can't be that way. College football can't be that way. and College football is that way. The NFL is that way, too. I mean, it's fitting to see the nfl flailing right now with the falcons uh facility closed on wednesday morning that you know the patriots the titans the whole the whole uh the whole crew of them they're obviously struggling with the virus like they had been perfect for a few weeks just like the sec had three perfect weeks i said to greg sankey yesterday the, when uh, when he called me back i said i'm you know i'm gonna write a column on the sec's messy week and he quickly corrected me and he said the sec's first messy week which yeah it is in, in in a sense so i think 29 games canceled at this point as of thursday morning pat is that right and yeah 29 and 140 played i believe okay and then two of those obviously are from the uh are from the sec so yes. um uh, you know the sec is is ahead in a lot of ways but they're also behind because they played less and started a month later than some folks so it's a it's a it's a really interesting question but i do think for these leagues the driver of this has always been money. And oh, God, the coaches and ADs who sit around and say it's not about money, they just make me roll my eyes like into, like, I just, like, you want to pass out when you hear it. It's, an, it's, this has been an inventory play. It's been an inventory play all along. And success at the most basic bottom line for these conferences is going to be do we hit our television thresholds of games?
2: We were all on the Zoom call, I believe, of Nick Saban on Wednesday night. And, and he looked good. He was, uh, really trying to convey a message that he was fine, and we hope that that remains. Clearly with this thing, it, it's unpredictable. You don't know who it hits hard, who it hits easy. Anything can happen, so we're thinking of that. However, uh, when Nick Saban gets sick, there's a lot of misery in the state of Alabama, and not just concern <laughs> from Alabama fans, right? But but misery on the people inside the Alabama football program uh, and not just their concern, but just logistically, like yesterday or Wednesday night, Nick Saban said that he watched the Alabama practice uh, via live video. And then he had like a, a telephone connection with a uh, with a manager is how I think he said it. I believe student manager, or at least manager. I don't know if we have adult managers, but he had a guy there on the phone and he would say, you know, if he. If he thought maybe they could run a a playback so they do a little bit better job or maybe there was a teachable moment uh, for one of the players in terms of effort or or fundamentals that maybe they could work on. That's how he described. I believe it was maybe a slightly more aggressive communication. You think? I think it would be slightly more aggressive of Nick Saban wandering around his home office watching this video of practice. So I want to go through this. Let's let's go through on a scale of 1 to 10, the most miserable people in 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 Tuscaloosa, Alabama right now. All right. Okay. Bring 1 to on. 10. Let's go. How miserable is this person? And let's start with that anonymous student manager <laughs> who apparently is holding a telephone and having to be the middleman to communicate accurately and quite quickly. What Nick Saban is saying? How miserable of a job is that for this poor kid, who's probably just like a junior from the suburbs of Birmingham? We thought it'd be cool to sign up for this.
1: <laughs> uh, scale of one to ten, that's a twelve. Uh, that that's a tough job, very tough job. And yes, if that's if that is Billy Joe from Bessemer, uh, who's <laughs> is, you know. Uh, a sports administration major who ends up in that role. Oh, boy. Because as as I, as I you were alluding to, Nick Saban, not overly patient. Nick Saban, rather strident. Nick Saban, frustrated as hell that he's not there. It's the biggest week of the season, and he's at his house trying to do some stuff on the Zoom. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, he's not a happy man. So I would say that is... That's a tough job, a very tough job. <laughs> Billy Joe from Bessemer, best wishes to you.
3: So I really think that Shabin is going to fire the analyst in charge of hiring analysts because <laughs> they, they did not think of having an analyst to be the COVID uh, echo phone, I guess would be like yeah. the lack of a way to put it. Like, how could somebody not have seen this problem coming and they have not like found another fired coach to be the person who... <laughs> who will echo what Nick Saban has to say via practice and uh, make sure they run the playback and get it right. I think that is a drastic failure in the Alabama machine, and there will be hell to pay. I mean, they got 645 guys on
2: that assistant coaching staff.
3: Oh, yeah. Including five head coaches, right? What are they, Pat? Pete? Charlie Strong, Mike Stoops, Major Applewhite, Butch Jones, and Sark. And we may be missing right, so, one. It, and not just head coaches, the former head
2: coaches at USC, yeah. Texas, Arizona, Houston, and Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Not to yeah. mention other stops along the way.
3: Yeah. yeah, Pretty it's
2: not, it's pretty good staff you got there.
3: Yeah. And only one of them is an actual on field coach. Yeah, the rest of them just hanging out. Think about Eating that. Dreamland, kept
2: getting paid by your other schools. That's why you don't donate to your school. Look what you're doing. <laughs> <There
1: we go. laughs> Look at how many
2: fans at all those schools who donated well, money. You're just paying for these guys to sit around Tuscaloosa and eat Dreamland every day.
3: Let me just make this point. A bunch of them are actually still getting paid by their prior schools. Sully's tuition is paying Butch Jones still, yeah. which is which is great. <laughs> and uh, in talking to a, sc- a scout yesterday, Uh, We were talking about Bill O'Brien and and whether he goes and uh, the scout was like, you know, the big joke in the NFL is Bill O'Brien's going to be an unpaid Patriots, uh, you know, analyst, (laughs) offensive analyst in the next uh, in the the upcoming weeks for the playoffs. But where did Saban get the idea? Belichick's been doing it for years. Yeah, sure. Load them up. Load them up. Why not take these guys? All right. Well, let's take Sark.
2: Steve Sarkisian, former head coach at at USC. Uh, Washington. Replace Lane Kiffin when Lane got fired in the middle of the playoffs because Sabin was sick of him. <laughs> How miserable is Sark right now? Because Sark is technically in charge. Although if you listen to the Zoom, Saban didn't really admit that. He just said Sark is over there. <laughs> he didn't say Steve Sarkeesian will be our interim coach while I am quarantined with this. He didn't seem to offer any, there there was no like equal footing here or he didn't get a promotion. So now Sark is gotta be getting 50 phone calls a day from Nick Saban. None of them pleasant. None of them, I think he did a moderately good
3: job executing what I wanted you to communicate. Pete, how miserable is Sark? Sark makes two point five million a year, so he knows what he signed up for. Uh, there is there is a, certainly a misery element to Sark, but there's also just like so many other people in that operation. And I will not say Saban is hands off with the offense; that would not be accurate. But he is more hands on with the uh, with the defense, and he's going to have more suggestions, alterations, etc. Sark just knows that like he he can't pass the ball 66 times uh on Saturday cuz that's when Nick gets most mad when Lane doesn't run the damn ball.
2: <laughs> that would have been good if Lane was there. He could have gone. Oh. A road, this could you tried imagine? the 76-yard field goal. That type uh, of stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if Lane with Lane were in charge, oh, this that would have been <laughs> so because Lane Lane would go Al Haig, I'm in charge here, you know? <laughs> Remember that with the Reagan administration yep, yes. when it was like Reagan had this, and and George George Bush had that, and Hal Haig put himself in charge. That would be Lane. Uh <laughs> unfortunately, he's not. But Sark <laughs> Sark is still Starks on eleven on a scale of one to ten in misery because I'm sure his phone is ringing off the hook. He's getting texts constantly. If Saban does text, or if he makes the manager do the text for him, I would bet the first conversation was, "Hey Sark, look." I, I tested positive. I can't be there. You know, you're going to do a great job. And then within five minutes, it was like, you're doing a shitty job. You know, you, you need to do this. You need to do that. Don't forget about this. Don't forget about that. And he is going to be a a hell of a backseat driver for the rest of this week. That's for sure.
2: Now, Lane could have gotten his ultimate revenge on on uh, Saban by giving him the virus. We don't know. They did play well, Saturday night. Absolutely. And, and old Mrs he said, Kiffin said, uh, we're not. There's an outbreak at Ole Miss. We don't know whether their game against Arkansas will be played. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, but he he revealed we are not in a great situation number wise at all. That was Wednesday. Again, normally you can do this podcast. There is a there is an ebb and flow to the season. Sure. And you can do this podcast and not really worry too much about like it, breaking news is like someone sprained an ankle, yeah. <laughs> not half the slate is canceled <laughs> or our, our hall of fame coach, the most famous guy in the sport is out to Saban have to cancel is, is, is Aflac commercials. Can he still do those? Is that, that would be pretty I surreal just- if he was
3: watching the game at home and he came, <laughs> he's watching himself <laughs> at a commercial while he's about the lack of like will linebacker pressure.
2: Yeah. I thought he I thought he was a better actor in the blind side than those AfLAC commercials. Really stiff in the Affleck commercials. I don't uh I don't get it. All right, let's go to the next one. Sabin is a strategic mastermind at at getting through adversity or challenges that are presented for him. So I have a two people. One is uh his doctor that he's gotta be saying, you know. How many, if I take, you need five positive, uh, negative tests. What if I take five in a row or something, but also the logistics guy, because Saban didn't quite admit that he wouldn't be there on Saturday. He he, he has yet to say, he said, we're going to look into that. We're going to do some research. The, the rules are fairly clear that he cannot coach, but does he go with the Hugh Freeze dentist chair in an empty luxury box of Brian Denny stadium? Could that work? There was on Twitter. There was a give
1: Sabin the booger mobile, the booger <laughs> McFarland. Remember that thing he used to ride around in on yeah, Monday yeah. Night Football? The worst, the worst thing Monday Night Football ever came up with.
2: <laughs> and they would block the fans. They'd all get mad at Booger oh, McFarland. Yeah. That is that yeah. like that was no. the stupidest thing ever. But it was you even worse than, than Dennis up, Miller. I mean, you perch him Dennis up there, <laughs> six feet. Dennis Miller, yeah. They did have they, why are they always screwing with that thing. Just show yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rush Limbaugh. They tried that one. Then like oh, two God. weeks in, they're like, people uh, don't, oh, half the fans don't like him. Yeah. Gee, really? <laughs> yes. Right. You took a political commentator and put him on the show. He could be isolated on the booger mobile. <laughs> no one's within six feet. He could be up there. How miserable is Saban concocting these plans on how he can still coach? And whoever the hell he's running this by, it might be Greg Byrne, the AD, who also has COVID. And we, we are thinking of, we hope he gets better. Um, cause he's got, you know, Saban's calling him at
1: all hours of the night cause he's isolated too. So how miserable is the logistics guy? Oh, uh, that's, that's, def- that's over a 10 on a scale of one to 10 as well, because that's the thing is, is Alabama being Alabama Saban being Saban, they will push the envelope as far as they possibly can to figure out some way to involve Saban in the game. And you know, the rules that I understand it is like 90 minutes before the game till the end of the game, halftime included, no communication. And you can't have cell phones in the, in the press box or anything like that in the coaches' boxes. So uh, he has to be hands-off. Now, again, do they find ways around that? They'll try, I would bet. And for people, for SEC fans who have been convinced for decades that Alabama always gets a little bit of a, a love pat from the uh, from the SEC office. Uh, if Saban somehow finds a way to be at the stadium or have communication with with the coaching staff of some kind, that that'll set the SEC conspiracy theorists ablaze all over again. Uh, so I, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but whoever's in yeah whoever's listening to Saban and Greg Byrne try to come up with ways where Saban can coach this game. Good luck to you. I really
3: think the IT guy is the most miserable <laughs> of all because that dude's got to wear a hazmat suit, go to Saban's house and deal with a soon to be 69 year old technophobe and have the perfect angle for practice video, have the, you know, the zoom working seamlessly. And Nick Saban is not going to be a low maintenance technology customer when he has to run his program remotely. Like, there are going to be issues, and he is not going to be able to solve them quickly. And so how about that call? Uh, do you want to go to Saban's house in the hazmat suit? Do you want to go to Saban's house? That? Like, that? Like the IT guys are sitting in their cubicles right now in the Alabama <laughs> Department with their hands over their head. What a miserable how existence. Fa- how about if they gave it back to him and said, uh, we'll be there
1: between 12 and 4? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you
3: imagine if his cable goes out? On Saturday. Oh goodness!
1: Holy! Imagine cow. that
3: call the
2: Comcast. How about who who on the staff has to tell Saban that he his Zoom is on mute?
3: <laughs> it's a good point. Or
2: do you just sit there and go, uh, he's just ass, giving us one of these quote unquote ass That's, chewings right now. Yeah. Just
3: let him talk.
2: It's yeah. on mute. Or they'll just mute him and the <laughs> Sark muting him.
3: Right, right. just see not a lot. Is on mute, doing the air quotes, like <laughs> you call that gap integrity.
2: <laughs> it's just what I'm saying. These guys, they they, they rip their jeans now, these kids. They rip their jeans. When I was so poor in West Virginia, I would never rip my jeans. Uh, all right. I think that the communication, you cannot call into the stadium. If Saban is not in the Hugh Freeze dentist chair or not on the Booker Mobile, he will communicate. I believe no. Nick Saban will construct a a fire pit in his backyard (laughs) he will be doing smoke signals (laughs) in an elaborate uh elaborate (laughs) language that will be in this that the georgia (laughs) will not be able to crack it okay like the old wind talkers that helped help win america win world war ii will be doing smoke signals there will be a (laughs) team of of undergrads at alabama they will quickly assemble a three-credit course to to learn this thing in the next 48 hours they will all have mopeds they will see the signal and they will ride from from nick saban's palatial house i'm sure down to the stadium and immediately it'll be like or they'll just line up every alabama student and they'll just run it down like a game of telephone
1: yeah, but then eventually that goes all wrong and the cover two trap ends up becoming, you know, yeah. run the ball on fourth and nine by Good the time point. Because there's the gonna be
2: one kid in there who like is an Auburn fan, but got a free <laughs> ride to Alabama. So he went to Alabama. Yeah. So right. yeah, that wouldn't work. But you'd have to have great
3: loyalty. Oh yeah. To per- saving private Ryan. You will get this message through. <laughs> They definitely have an analyst for smoke signals on their staff. So I'm not (laughs) making 400 large just in case this happened. (laughs) Just in case. That's right. All right. Uh, And
2: finally, how about uh, Miss Terry, the uh, lovely and very patient wife of Nick Saban, who I believe he talks to for 10 minutes every morning before he goes to to work at like 3 a.m. Now, Miss Terry is going to be in this house with. Coach Saban, and if he is stuck watching this game on Saturday night, let alone the, the the hours into it, this is misery. You do not want to be trapped with this caged animal <laughs> ranting and raving. My only hope for Miss Terry is she can say, You are sick with a virus. I will be on the other side of the house. You stay quarantined
1: in your little room. And I do believe Nick listens to Miss Terry. He does. He does. That's why I would give her a 9.5 on a one to ten scale of, of misery, because She's been around him for five decades. She knows what she's signed up for here. uh, And she knows how to deal with him. So she can handle this as much as anybody has to handle it or can handle it. Uh, If I were her, I would say I'm going to the game. I'm going to go sit in the box, man. I'm out of there. Although she probably is in quarantine herself, I would think. She might not uh, be able to pull that off. But that would, that would be the surest way to get away from him is to go
3: sit in the coach's box, the coach's family's box at the, at Bryant-Denny. Miss Tara's got it tough, Dan, because, you know, she's going to have to deal with the menu, like the game day food. Like, there's going to be all these things that, like, come up. Can you imagine, like, the cable guy? Like all like the television situation and just remotely with, the you know, like I wouldn't want to be around anybody that has the virus for any period of time. You know what I mean? Just like, that's not, yeah. And Miss Terry's forever young, but like, that's just, that's, there are a lot of awkward things that are going to be happening in the Nick Saban orbit over the next couple of days.
2: Do you think Nick Saban can, can barbecue his own meal? Now the man has lived in Alabama and Louisiana a long time. Has he learned anything or did this bring in the dreamland, bring in the, <laughs> Archibald, something like that.
1: He is I not mean, a man I, I of varied be,
3: interests. I don't I don't really think he's had many interests in that.
1: The other thing is too, I mean, he's so impatient and you're gonna smoke meat that takes hours. So my guess is I mean, I could see him trying it and he like puts it on and then he's like opening the grill every eight minutes. Are we done? We done? We done trust
2: the process. Trust yeah. the process.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you you bring over the analyst in charge of meat smoking to, to,
3: to, <laughs> to, to do that process for yeah. you. It's, they yeah. got a stateful of those. Yeah. All
1: right, well, get
2: well, Coach Saban, please, and 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 Athletic Director Byrne, you too. We're thinking of you too. Uh, all right, this let's talk about this actual game. Hopefully, it is getting played. Hopefully, the daily testing has confined it just to to Saban. It hasn't got the players. We'll see. But uh, huge game number two, number three. It's mid October, and it's our first big game. Like we were, this is our first legitimately big game. We've had some good games. But nothing where you're you're excited and you're you're plotting out what you're gonna do Saturday night. So hopefully this thing gets down. It is not a do or die game. They are in opposite divisions of the SEC. So whether it's this year or any year, uh they both still have a, a path to get to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. And whoever wins the SEC championship game will go to the playoff guaranteed. So it's a little bit of a warm-up, but it's still a massive game, huge rivalry. Kirby Smart, obviously longtime former. Saban assistant. Tons of great memories here. Break down your thoughts on the the actual football. I know we're going to talk football. Scary, but um, not for you. You can handle it on what, what, we're, what we might see on Saturday night.
3: Sure. So I did a, a big breakdown where I talked to coaches and scouts on, uh, on Yahoo this week on this game. And I think the most interesting aspect of it, Dan, is that Alabama has essentially become – what Nick Saban despised. Eight years ago, Saban had his famous quote. It was 2012, Baylor, Oregon, Ole Miss, we're all running a million miles an hour and 100 plays. And Saban said, is this what we want football to be? And remember, he railed against the rules. He did not want football to evolve into this pinball 51:49 way. Well, guess what? Eight years later, that's exactly what Alabama is. Now, they are not the same caliber of breakneck tempo, but they are so defensively deficient right now that in order to win the SEC this year, they are going to have to rely on outscoring people in high-scoring games because their defenses simply can't stop. And remember, one of the key aspects of tempo is you need to get the ball back, and their defense, as we saw against Ole Miss, was giving the ball back very quickly the other night. And then you look at the other side with Georgia – Georgia right now is embryonic Alabama in Saban's early years. Georgia has the best defense in the country. They have an elite, elite nose tackle. They have a very good cover corner. It's probably going to be a first-round pick. And then they have a deep rotation of guys who've played. There aren't inexperienced guys to pick on. In that, on that Georgia defense. Uh, I think Dan Lanning is, is probably the hottest coordinator in the SEC right now, and his unit is really a star of the show. Now, on offense, Georgia is what Alabama once was. Stetson Bennett is a game manager. That's probably the politest way to say it. And he is the type of quarterback that a Saban defense used to swallow whole. This defense, especially because the defensive line isn't very good, is not equipped to do that. So Georgia wants to beat you 23-20. Alabama needs to beat you 41-38. And it's a, it's a classic clash of an elite Alabama offense, an elite Georgia defense, a mediocre Georgia offense, and a mediocre Alabama defense. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it is basically
1: Saban 2020 against Saban 2012 uh,
3: is this matchup.
1: And uh it is it's really interesting because it is strength on strength. It's good on good. I think the Alabama offensive line is fantastic. Georgia's front seven is fantastic. You mentioned Jordan Davis, the def- the nose guard, he's outstanding, but man, their linebackers really play as well. You know, they play three-four, but they they fly to the ball. They they pressure, they, they blitz those guys uh effectively and creatively. Aziz Ojolari is extremely good. Monty Rice is extremely good. And then the other Great matchup to me is Bama's wide receivers, who I think are the best in the country, against Georgia's secondary, which I think is probably the best in the country. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of future NFL players going at each other just in those two units alone. And uh, the, the Georgia defense is, I think it's absolutely the best in the nation at this point. If you look just at the SEC in what used to be, you know, that relentless defensive league and now is a touch football league, except Georgia. Georgia by far has allowed the fewest rushing yards in the conference and also by far has allowed the fewest passing yards in the conference. They are so far ahead of everyone else from a defensive standpoint. Uh, through three games, that it's it's pretty remarkable. And I did I got on the the Kirby Smart Zoom and I asked him one of the things they've done, they didn't against Auburn. They jumped on Auburn pretty quickly, but against Tennessee and against uh, Arkansas, they were behind at halftime and then they obliterated them in the second half. Combined margin I want to say was is fifty nine to three in those two games in the second half. And he said we play a lot of guys and we we rotate them in and defensively. The other team starts wearing down, starts pressing, and we are just coming at them harder and harder uh, as the game goes on. So I I think I think Georgia has absolutely has the the manpower right now and the mentality to win the game, even in Nick Saban. We're coaching.
2: I think that it's unfair to call Stetson Bennett, the law firm, our Manhattan (laughs) white shoe law firm, a game manager. (laughs) Very very accurate. No, he is a little bit of a game manager. Um, oh yeah, I do think that how he handles it uh, will be a big, uh, probably the critical player uh, in this in this game uh, going forward. All right, we gotta we're gonna pick some games in a minute. Few other items that came up. We officially uh, got the. Uh, this should be fascinating. Records no longer matter in bowl selections. Yeah, bowl. Everybody well. is now eligible which means like some two and six Purdue team is going to get a bid over like a six and two Arkansas State or something like that, right? Like this is is the bowl game, bowl director dream. We don't have any rules now. Everybody is bowl eligible. Uh, But as we kick forward, it's really the only way. But it does look like a lot of teams are going to play. My alma mater is entering the fray, jumping in the pool. How about that? UMass has got a game. They're playing Georgia Southern. If you want to know how bad things are with COVID, the UMass <laughs> Georgia Southern game is on ESPN2. <laughs> That's has at up. like 330. Come on.
1: It is. Oh, my goodness. That is sad. That is I where we're
2: at. Do not. There's not a lot to watch until late. I think UMass actually screwed up. I believe UMass Ralph Russo had this. They should be the break the glass guys. If your game got canceled, you can call UMass at the last minute. Yes. And I think they settled for Georgia Southern too early. UMass has no games. Now they have one. They have a one game season at this point. Had they waited and set up like an eBay system and and all bids are due by 11 o'clock on Wednesday night, like LSU could have paid them to come down, right? Wait for the big schools to get their game canceled and then just sit there. How much money are you going to pay us? One million, two million, three million.
3: And then just Fly to I mean, who cares if you're prepping? Is, is this why you don't donate, Dan? Because they're not thinking strategically enough for you.
1: Yes. That's it. That's this is it.
3: exactly why. If uh they they what this is basically like you you get in your car
1: and drive down to the to the playground with your four other guys, and you're like, hey, anybody want to run? We got a pickup game? Let's go. Gotta let's, run. Let's play. Georgia Southern should be doing the same thing.
2: <laughs> they shouldn't be playing each other, they should be waiting. These games are going to get canceled every week. There's going to be a big school's desperate for a game. You don't think LSU, how about LSU could use a game against UMass to get a win and get their, their act together? There you go. Get but it's conference completely. only
3: in the SEC. They're not making exceptions wow. for your alma mater. Well, yeah. as as, as, to, as Conference
1: only, half the games are canceled. How's that working? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Cincinnati, Tulsa just put canceled or postponed per uh, report. So we'll
3: see if that bears out. But one more this week. Yeah, there are a uh, few people uh. reported. It. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's not happening. Yep. All
2: right, not good. Not Number good.
3: thirty.
2: Yep. Uh, all right, before we get to race for the case, we do have one way for Coach Saban to uh, get through the game. Uh, a Texas brewery has rede- released a new beer, and I mm. want to play a quick game of Would you? Drink it, I guess. Okay. We usually, play. would you eat it? It's highbrow podcast that we are. <laughs> the beer is buffalo sauce beer. Mm, mm, mm. It's called Buffalo Wangs. W-A-N-G-Z, <laughs> which is a little scary. <laughs> I don't want a buffalo wang, but there's a Z on the end. Literally, literally. A buffalo wing sauce sour beer. Hmm. 5.2% alcohol. This is not, this is from the Martin House Brewing Company in uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. We made a buffalo wing sauce beer. Can't emphasize how much this is actually a buffalo wing sauce beer, they're repeating. So if you get down with Frank's and a little spice, then this one's for you. Pat Forty, beer snob that you are, would you drink Buffalo
1: Wang's beer? (laughs) I would absolutely drink at least 12 ounces of that, yes, because A, it's beer, and B, I love buffalo chicken wings. Probably my favorite food other than, like, a good steak or something. So, yes, I would give it a try,
3: and if I open a beer, I always finish a beer. So, I'm in. So, you know, you know, this is a lowbrow podcast when I'm the one with refined tastes. Um, (laughs) All that said, I would love to try this beer. I don't think it would taste good, but I'm like, I love wings, too, man. Wings are like uh, one of my favorite foods. That was one of the things about uh, Syracuse is a great wing city where I went to college and uh, we crushed wings from Dorian's. Yeah. I can't get enough good, uh, good chicken wings. I even grill them now to try to be a little bit healthier. But yeah, yes, love, absolutely. love me some chicken wings. So I would definitely line up to uh, try the chicken wing beer. Sully, get us, get us some, uh, get us some free Buffalo Wang's beer uh, sent our way <laughs> yeah. so we can try it on the pot. Let's go, man. Yeah,
2: yeah, we are we'll hype uh, the Martin House Brewery. In uh, Fort Worth, Texas, if you're in the area, stop by. There we go. Uh, We have one review online from uh, Twitter follower Wombat Matt. (laughs) Wombat Matt uh, did have some, apparently. At least he says so on Twitter. Uh, His review is, I'm towards the end of it now. Definitely drinkable, but I'm not having another tonight. LOL. Sour (laughs) on the front end and spicy as all get out on the back end. With a subtle buffalo wing sauce flavor. Spicy, spicy on can the back end,
3: Huh? Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I believe it. Sure, sure. I, it yeah, looks huh. like a Bloody Mary in this glass. Oh, I don't know about I that action. My concern is, I guess I have to mentally get past how thick buffalo wings. Like, I'm just. Yeah. I would absolutely drink it. Yeah. There's yeah. no question. <laughs> Wait.
1: Yeah. We figured Mr. Bush Light would not turn his nose up. Oh, on man, this I, one. I,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you had six of those, you are going to be in the fetal position the next. day. Yeah, doesn't.
2: <laughs> Doesn't seem like a beer. You're just gonna crush. Yeah, you're gonna crush no, a bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, this isn't like no. Corona I mean, what, Light on
3: a lazy Saturday in the summer. Like, yeah, what's
2: that's... happening the next day is not gonna be <laughs> <laughs> not good. Good lord, <laughs> there is serious and man, I don't know
1: serious and even when you have to like
2: you know you have to just get it out. You know, drink a lot of beer, you have to go to the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Like would that would the spice come out that way? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
1: oh. <laughs>
3: so, a
2: lot of questions, but <laughs> Wombat Matt seems to have survived. Okay. So uh anyway. And we that's we fully
3: trust Wombat Matt. He is uh infallible. See,
2: so. Seems like a good dude. Seems like a good dude. <laughs> All right, uh race for the case. Pat and Pete are eight. Sully's got you at 18, and 17, and one, but I have an 18 and 18 and one. Ah, Sully's 16, it. 19 and one. I'm a 13 and 22, because we're the, the 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 fat
3: bear week pick is counting. <laughs> No, Sorry. no, no, Nad no. Nat no, no, Nad Nad is the new tap, man. It is. This season is bearing itself out. Nat is
1: the Dan did just try to gloss right over those standings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> while, yes. While, while yes. accenting the Fat Bear victory. Fat
2: Bear. Let's, I'm 1-0 in Fat Bear. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: all right. That is correct. Uh, You're
0: 1-0 in Fat Bear in 13-22-1 thir- in Race to the Case. That is correct. Yeah.
3: Correct. Yeah, there you go. All all the people uh, you know listening to this National Geographic podcast will really be excited for your fat bear projections. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Listen, listen. A, a win <laughs> is a win. Okay. okay. Coach Saban doesn't, doesn't excuse any of them. Uh I don't like how you guys talk down the competition, right? gives us inflated <laughs> egos. All right. BYU at Houston, 9 30 ESPN. Uh, this is Friday night game. Friday night.
1: A good one. Uh, good. One.
2: BYU's given five. That's a nice game. And BYU is eleven and five against the spread in their last sixteen road games,
1: for whatever that's worth. Uh, Pat Forty, who you got? I really like this game because I've I've really liked BYU all the all year the way they've played. They they did struggle a bit against UTSA last week, but UTSA isn't bad. And then Houston, I got to take my hat off, man. Hadn't played a game all year, and then last week, get down in their first game, they look like they like they haven't played, and they get down twenty four to seven, and then annihilated. Tulane after that I think BYU is a pretty complete team uh they got to deal with Marquez Stevenson who's really fast for Houston but I like BYU I think BYU wins and covers the What, what what's our spread on this Five. okay, yeah. Give me BYU and I'll lay the five.
3: So I'm uh, I'm I've been I was deep in uh, in Cougar lore this week. So I'm doing a story on Zach Wilson, who is the quarterback for BYU, who is uh, rocketing up draft boards. Really a fun player. Like if you're if you've listened this deep in this podcast, you clearly love college football. You will enjoy watching Zach Wilson play this Friday. If you listen to this podcast, you've probably already seen him play. He has a pinch, and I'm not comparing him to him, but he has a pinch of Mahomes in him. No look passes, Ooh. improvisational flair, really natural thrower. Doesn't have that caliber of arm, but is a uh, is just a really dynamic, fun guy to watch. Uh, really, really good, big character too. I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed getting to uh, get to know him a little bit this week. So all that said. This game, what's the over under, Sully? It's got to be like 212. It is 62 and a half. The over under is only 62 and a half. Wow. I mean, BYU's defense is pretty good. BYU's defense is pretty good but in some bad offenses. I think BYU's defense got exposed to be a pinch slow in uh, in, in in places. They do a, they they play like a drop eight kind of gunky three man front Baylor-Iowa State stuff. So, I'm going to take Houston with the uh with the with the points with the thought that Marquez Stevenson and their uh, and their skill speed will allow them to compete in a track meet, perhaps win a track meet. And I was really impressed with Houston's defense after they got down. I, I thought they really did a good job pressuring, uh, pressuring Tulane's quarterback and, and really slowing down what's been a decently dynamic Tulane offense. And the, complementing the Houston defense hasn't been anything that's happened in the last four or five years. So I am going to uh, take the home dog – and uh, go with the Coug. Home the dog Houston on a weeknight, Coug, I should say.
2: Yeah. The Houston Coug. Yes, they're both Cougars. Cougars yep. will win. Put me down for that. I got Cougars. <laughs> weeknight home dog, but I don't know with COVID, you are not going to get that wild crowd that you usually get. I've been to defenses. games there.
3: I wouldn't say it's wild.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, and
3: especially now, Yeah, right? There is a crowd. There but, will be a crowd. You BYU get that, has not played in front. You of get, a get the crowd big Thursday night a- game.
2: Uh, I'm taking BYU in this game uh despite giving the points. Uh all right.
1: How about probably, Sully? I,
2: oh yeah, Sully. I'm sorry.
0: All good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take Houston with uh Pete UTSA almost had 400 yards through the air and now they're going up against Hogo and Company. Ooh, not good. Uh give me give
2: me the Houston Cougars. All right. It's probably the second best game of the weekend looking at this slate. All right. Pitt yeah. at Miami. Uh noon ACC Network. Jeez. Pitt's defense rates sixth in the country in yards allowed, Uh, 263 a game. Miami is giving 13 and a half.
3: Taking Pitt all day here. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Pitt's defense is elite. Miami's offensive line got exposed against Clemson. That's obviously going to happen. I don't think Miami's offensive line is as good as they looked in the first few weeks. They're probably not as bad as they looked against Clemson, but I really feel like Pitt can uh, Pitt can make this a, a brawl and, and cover. And Miami's got to be reeling coming off that uh, coming off that the high of playing in that game and then getting uh, smacked back to a relevancy. Yeah. So, uh, no, Pete, go, ahead, Pat. So. go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I, I'm going to go with Pitt there as well, just because uh, you're getting 13 and a half. I, I, I think that it is going to be close. The only concern for Pittsburgh is Miami. What Miami does is they, they put it all up front and they get after the quarterback uh, they rush up field, so you got to be able to hit them underneath with some with some running place, which they did with Travis Etienne. Uh, I don't pick Pit can't run the ball very well, so I don't think Pit can win, but I think they can keep it close enough because they're good defensively, uh, and and cover the number at least. Kenny Pickett
3: is questionable for this game, by the way, the pick
1: quarterback. Uh, ooh, that that adds another wrinkle. That to That was it.
3: as of two days ago, and Narduzzi called him banged up. But I got a feeling I watched the uh, the the end of Pitt BC when Kenny Pickett was banged up. He's a tough kid. I think he's I would be surprised if Kenny Pickett didn't play at Miami.
0: I agree. I I think Kenny Pickett will play his offensive line was um, singing his praises inspired by uh, his ability to play through the pain. And he will, uh, he will play through the pain and, and give
2: Miami a game on Saturday. Give me the Panthers. Too many points, so I'm going to take the Panthers. Uh, I do like this Miami team, but you also come off of a game with Clemson probably just beaten up physically a little bit. All right, Liberty. Coach Freeze <laughs> undefeated at Syracuse. Liberty is at Syracuse. Syracuse is an ACC program, allegedly. <laughs> Liberty is at an ACC team, and they are the favorites by three and a half. Good lord! <laughs> uh, this thing is on watch. ESPN. Uh, Hugh Freeze will. How, uh, Hugh Freeze will be an SEC coach by next year. Uh, I don't think there's any question. No
0: uh, dental chair in this game, uh, and no Tommy DeVito for the uh, for the Orange. Going to be trouble. Uh, gave me liberty, and the fighting Hugh freezes.
1: Yeah, I, I, that by for accuracy's sake. That was the hospital bed game. The hospital dental bed, chair right. game was the dental chair game was at Louisiana Lafayette the next week. As as Hugh found various ways to coach his team absurdly uh, last year, but Hugh's four and zero. Oh, Syracuse is bad. Uh, I'm I'm going with you, and I'm going with Liberty there to get to 5-0 and and win in the Carrier
3: Dome and cover. I think Liberty could blow them out. Um, I, I've, I was going to actually pick this game for my lock of the week uh, and take Liberty. Just Tommy DeVito, Syracuse starting quarterback, is hurt. Their backup is Rex Culpepper. is one of the best stories in college football. He's not a very good player. Uh, Rex came back from cancer, uh, and it, it threw a touchdown pass earlier in the year. It was inspiring. Syracuse's offense stinks, and their defense is without its best player, Andre Sisco, who injured himself in pregame warmups, I believe before the Georgia Tech game and he has opted out for the season and uh, declared for the NFL draft this week. And it's just been one thing after another for Syracuse in terms of, uh, in terms of the injury bug this year. And they've they've been trying to play a lot of guys and in, in, in essentially plan for the future, but it is a uh, it is it is a mess up there on both sides of the ball. And uh, yeah, I think Liberty with the deficiencies in the Syracuse secondary could really run them. Uh, yeah, I'm,
2: uh, we're gonna I'm not gonna lone wolf and take Syracuse. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will go with Liberty on that. They they look better. All right, UCF at Memphis. This should have been a great game except UCF lost to Tulsa. Uh, 3.30 on ABC. Love seeing the American get these kind of big-time game nights, uh, uh, time slots. Memphis hasn't lost a home game since these teams met last met in the regular season in 2018. We had a little different scene at the Liberty Bowl. UCF is giving three and a half, so Memphis Tigers are home dogs. Pete?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to take UCF here. Uh, I've been impressed with what they did the first couple weeks. They flopped against Tulsa, uh, made a lot more mistakes than they had been making. Um, And Tulsa is not a bad opponent, so I... I did, this Memphis team is not as good as previous ones. The the loss of uh, some skill players and then the loss of the coaching turnover from Mike Norvell to Ryan Silverfield. I think it's caught up with them a little bit. Uh, Dylan Gabriel bounces back after not having a great game against Tulsa and has a very good game here and UCF wins and covers.
2: I'll take UCF also. I'll move in on that. I think they're angry after that Tulsa loss and are gonna still got something to play for sully yeah give me ucf and their uh their nation uh best
0: total offense i think they put up you know over 400 500 yards a game they're they're rolling give me give me the golden knights
3: i uh boy i hate to sing in a chorus with uh with you guys especially when dan picked them but i i memphis was interesting because they really laid an egg early against smu and then came back and played played pretty well but it is still not the, uh, you know, they essentially took a month off after after their opener. It is not the Memphis we knew. I, I felt like Tulsa could be competitive with UCF because they had the personnel in the secondary to beat up and slow down their receivers. I do not think Memphis has the personnel in the secondary to do that. So I think UCF can can win this one going away.
2: All right. Uh, we already kind of broke this game down. Georgia at Bama, 8 p.m. Bama is A four point favorite at this moment. Bet MGM has taken down the line. I mean, that's how big Coach Saban is to this thing. So let's just try to make the picks without too much breakdown. Pat, we'll start with you.
1: Yep. I think I I kind of alluded to it during my little spiel there. So I think Georgia's I think this is the time for an assistant to beat Saban, even if especially if Saban isn't at the stadium. Uh, I think that Georgia has the team to do it. I think uh, Alabama's defensive
3: vulnerability is what it is. Give me the dogs, win, cover. I think the dogs win straight up too, and with or without Saban. Quite, uh, quite frankly, the interesting thing to me will be: Can Alabama's defense get good enough to win the rematch? Um, and that's you know as we uh, as we as we go down the line. But I think Georgia right now in these over the years in these SEC games where it's the high flying offense versus the epic defense, the epic defense usually wins. Oh man,
0: uh, I, uh, you guys are changing my tune here. I was gonna go Georgia, uh, but given the opportunity, and now that the lines come down from six, uh, I might, let's 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 try to Lone Wolf here, and let's go the Tide. Win one for the Gipper. Saban's not going to be on the sideline. I love this uh, Georgia defense, and I honestly hate my pick, but you gave me the opportunity. I'll, I'll, I'll give. I'll take Baylor.
2: I I like Georgia. I like this defense. I think you know there's this group text that they have between all the former. Saban assistants, who uh, are coaches, head coaches. So you know we got Kirby Smart and Lane are going to be chatting. I mean, they torched them last week. I think I think that exposed a lot that George will be able to exploit. So uh, take Georgia. So Sully has got the lone lone dog, the lone wolf. Uh, lock of the week. Pat, we'll start with you if you're ready.
1: I'm ready. I, I do. I have to tip, take my hat off to Sully who announced I hate my pick and then made it anyway. But uh, that's. <laughs> I'm going to hate my lock
0: of the week, too.
1: <laughs> okay. My lock of the week, when in doubt, bet against Kansas, which is an absolute train wreck. Uh, they are winless. They are hopeless. They haven't come close yet, and they're not going to be close at West Virginia, which is getting better in year two under Neil Brown. Uh, pretty big number, Sully. I've got it at twenty-two and a half, and a half, but I am comfortable with that. I think West Virginia is four touchdowns better than Kansas, and I'm not sure what Les Miles' status is for this game. He tested positive for COVID. I don't know whether he will be there or not, but one more thing for Kansas to deal with in addition to being lousy. So give me West Virginia to win and cover the big number.
0: 22 and a half is what I got.
3: Okay, that's what
1: I got.
0: Yep.
3: I am am dueling in my head between taking SMU at Tulane and taking uh, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Uh, and I'm going to take Texas a at Mississippi State. Texas a is minus five. And we saw the perils of, uh, of, of road favorites with Florida going to Texas a last week. But I really think that Mike Elko is creative enough defensively to put up a fight against Mike Leach's offense, uh, unlike LSU. I still think... This line reflects what Mississippi State did against LSU versus the Mississippi State that's probably not going to even be starting KJ Costello anymore. So, And I think Texas A&M can do enough on offense to, uh, to, to win this game. I am going to predict that this game is also low scoring for those interested in that.
2: All right. I am going to take Notre Dame again. This is my third time taking them as my lock of the week. I'm one and one. But I appreciated that Brian Kelly was going for it up 16 on fourth and two or something to try to get us that cover. That's how, that's how I read it. That's how I read it. He might have been just trying to kill the clock against Florida State. Florida State covered, but uh, it's only 17. Uh, the Louisville defense has allowed, 47 to Miami, 46 to Georgia Tech. Notre Dame's got a good def- a good offense. They are running the ball. Uh, I'll, I'll take Notre Dame and quite happily uh, make that my my lock of the week. Sully, you get the last lock of the week. All right.
0: I, I'm, I'm taking the under in the batter, battle for the beer barrel at 45 and a half. The last two, t- two times, Tennessee and Kentucky have met it. Uh, they've, they've barely squeaked over 30 points. Both these offenses look just about the same they have the past few years. Defenses are stout. Give me the under in Tennessee, Kentucky.
2: All right. Good stuff. That is the pod. We'll be back to overreact to everything on Monday on the overreaction edition. Uh, Lord knows how many of these games get played or who the hell's coaching them, let alone who's playing in them. But that's the pod. Uh, enjoy. Hopefully we get this big-time game on Saturday night that, that uh, all of us who are patient with this sport deserve, that uh, the, the sport we love. Please follow us on social media or share us on social media. Uh, subscribe. Leave us nice reviews. Whatever you got, we need all the uh, listeners we can get so we can keep doing this. Talk to y'all Monday And Big Ten preview next week. Just that's right, for big our Ten. loyal
3: listeners. We got a little Big Ten preview next week. I didn't week. even yeah,
2: I didn't even get into Iowa. It was one of the reports was someone found a big bag of meth. In Iowa City. They also found some snakes in the, the courthouse, too. So, Snakes behind the I mean, what? It yeah. seems
3: like such a nice town. How's that Bush Lake sponsorship going for our Iowa City police log, Sully? Did we get, did we we get that get locked up yet?
0: We got to get done. Yeah. Not locked out yet, though.
3: All right. I know so, you're close. We'll take the coffee's
2: for We'll take Buffalo Sully. wing beer. Yeah. Take whatever you got. Whatever you got. We'll take it. We're, we're easy. All right. Talk to you Monday. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail.